Welcome to Just Talk About Mental Health. Hello, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today with me, I have Sarah. Hi! And Andrew. Hello. Today, we are going to have a discussion on medication. Thank you both so much for finding time to speak with me. To start off, would you guys mind informing our listeners of your diagnoses and the medications you take as a result? Okay, well, I am diagnosed with major depression or major depressive disorder, however you want to phrase it. Um, Some generalized anxiety and then moderate OCD. And for all three of those, I take an SNRI, which is a serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. Um, I, it's called Effexor, and I take that daily. Aside from that, I also take Truvada, which isn't a mental health medication, more so as an HIV prevention medication, but that also does aid to the like, sanity that I keep every day to make sure that I'm like, protecting myself, um, because I do have you know, unsafe sex habits as a gay man, more so as a personal, not as a generalization of gay men. <laughs> um, and then aside from that, I also have IBS, so I take culturel oh, probiotic and occasionally take Metamucil when needed. Yeah, that's IBS is no fun at all. No, I think it's the worst out of all of my diagnoses, honestly. Oh. <laughs> then, Sarah, what about you? I have, like, three main diagnoses. I'm bipolar 2, which is basically you have less um, of the, like, hypermanic episodes and it's more like swings within depression so i take latuda which is um a mood stabilizer and then i also have ocd and adhd and i like to think that they all balance each other out because (laughs) my add and like ocd kind of keep me in check and then help me like get out of bed when i'm super depressed but um so for ADD, I take Adderall. I just take the short acting because the extended release makes me not sleep. That and is then, the exact same way with me. I That's oh, the first I thing I told Dr. Adderall. Anderson. I was like, if I get the extended, I'm never going to be able to sleep again. Don't sleep. I only take it on horse show days when I like have to wake up at like 5 and it's like a you know 16-hour day. And then I'll take it at 5 in the morning. <laughs> um, and then I take Wellbutrin, which is, I think it's a, the SSRI. Yeah, like the N, there's an N in there. I can't remember that there's so many of them. If there's an but, N, then it's an SNRI. Yeah, then yeah, you take the same the kind of, yeah, then you're like what Andrew yeah. does. So I really like Wellbutrin. I've been on that for close to a decade now. Um, and then I take Ativan for anxiety. And then I also, um, because I switched from Habilify to Latuda um, like two years ago, Latuda doesn't super agree with me, but switching mood stabilizers is, like, really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I actually have to take Seroquel sometimes because I have to keep my Latuda at such a low dose that I'm not, like, super stable. So I take Seroquel. It's kind of a balancer. And then um, sometimes I take Ambien for sleeping. So it's, like, all of the the things. Oh, my goodness. That is a concoction. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, there's a lot of That is a lot. Oh my yeah, goodness. It's hard. Yeah, a lot of times, like if I'm stable and like, like my life is kind of going well, I don't, I can just take Latuda, Wellbutrin, and Adderall. It's just when I'm in like in between phases or like kind of balancing them that I have to add in all of these other supplemental ones. Mm-hmm. That's annoying. <laughs> Did you oh, and then 5 HTP. Oh, yes. 
the best frog I've ever been on, and you can get it at Whole Foods, kind of like an SSRI, but SSRI um, didn't agree with me, so they, it works really well for anxiety. That was... Sorry, I'm cut you off. Oh, no, no that's all right. Oh, sorry. How dare you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm curious as to how well Butrin affects you, considering that's an SNRI, and typically SNRIs and SSRIs don't react well with people with um, either bipolar or bipolar 2, because so, it leaves them with mania. So that's, so, like, the thing that this is, is I think the hardest thing for me is because I have these kind of conflicting diagnoses is it's been, like, a really intense kind of, um, like, chemistry experiment to try to experiment. I, I basically had to try all these different combinations and cocktails. And so it's I have to be really careful because if my 5-HTP, like, if I take too much of that, the Wellbutrin will kind of counterbalance that in a bad way. It's kind of frustrating how much I have to adjust my medications. But it's also, like, I've tried so many different medications before I found a mix that works. And right now I'm not on a mix that works. I'm on a mix that like I still have to adjust with because Abilify works really well and I switched off of it and it was a mistake. And I honestly like, so I, I struggled with just telling people about being bipolar. Cause like you say depressed, you say anxious and it's kind of more accepted by mainstream mm-hmm. society. But you say bipolar and it's still like people are like, Oh, but um, I feel like it's never going to get better if you don't talk about it. So exactly that's what this podcast is about so it's but so for um the drug latuda and abilify are actually atypical antipsychotics so there was like an older generation of them which was abilify geodon seroquel i feel like i'm probably not getting any of these stats right but um so I was on Abilify, and I was on Abilify for, like, nine years, maybe almost ten. And then there's this weird side effect that can come with them where you get, like, a tremor. And once it starts... It's it a reversal, on, right? Yes. And so I was really scared about getting the tremor on Abilify. And I think Abilify, like, had a higher percentage of actually affecting people and giving them the tremor. And so I switched to Latuda because I didn't want to get the tremor. And in a beautiful irony of ironies, I... Um, Latuda, if I'm on the correct amount of dose, gives me the tremor. So, but it's, like, really hard, as I'm sure you guys have all experienced. Switching medications is, like, really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. And so maybe in a couple of years I'll try switching back, but it's just not worth it. And I'm not in, like, a place right now that I can take, like, a week off to, to switch. It is a very debilitating full-body experience. Oh, mm-hmm. like Yes. Oh, People yeah. Like, and, like, yeah. the nausea, the confusion, the dizziness, yeah. how tired, yeah. and how, like, all of a sudden you can't eat anything without throwing up or having diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that is one of the things that I do love about Sarah and I actually go to the same therapist, Dr. Anderson, and... When he prescribed me the Adderall and Lexapro, when he would talk to me about it, he explained to me the different sizes of the dosing and also up to what somebody my size probably should take and told me to really feel my way around in there so I could understand my body better, which I thought was an amazing little tip he had given so, Andrew, how long did it take you to find the combination of drugs that worked for you? So, it took me about two years, because originally yeah. I was on a bunch of different SSRIs. I was on Prozac, which made me freak out, mm-hmm. and I got very, like, self-harm tendencies with it. Um, I don't think, I wasn't on, I 
don't know what the second one I tried is. And then I tried Luvox or Fluvoxamine, which is its full name. Um, and that worked for me for a while in my senior year of high school. And then after that, it just kind of stopped working and wasn't doing what it needed to do anymore. And so about a year later, this is when I switched over to Effexor and started with the SNRI and then had much better results with that because it initiated like the norepinephrine in my body, which is part of your adrenaline system. And so that helped like wake mm-hmm. me up and give me more energy as someone who's very depressed and didn't want to like do the work. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times my disorders make me feel a lacking. Mm-hmm. So I always have the opposite effect about needing a medication to give me energy rather than to like calm my mind. Although like Effexor does target like anxiety mm-hmm. trains of thought as well as like the more repetitive thoughts of OCD. Mm-hmm. So it does have both effects. I think one of the things that like isn't as like widely discussed is like medication is amazing and it really makes you like a functional member of society Mm -hmm. but it takes a really long time to find the right combination of drugs that work for you because everyone's brain chemistry is slightly different and it's something that works for someone might not work for other people Mm -hmm. and it's really like it's hard because you know, you try medication because you want to get better. And then a lot of times, like I tried so many because my body just like, I really struggle with SSRIs and I tried them for a while and I would get such horrible side effects and they make me so sick that I think a lot of people will try a couple and be like, well, this one didn't work. Medication must not work for me. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of give up. Whereas realistically, it's like, it stinks, but you have to try a bunch of different ones before you find a combination that works for you. And it's the difference between like, for me, if I wasn't medicated, I would not be a functional member of society, and I don't think I'd be able to, like, hold down a job or really mm-hmm. do any of the things that I do. But because I'm on, you know, a kind of hefty cocktail of medication, I'm, like, you know, totally, totally normal. So, but it took me, I mean, I tried so many different things before I found the right combination, and I think that's really hard because it's like this huge hurdle that you have to get to before you feel like you're a normal person. And it can be really intense and difficult. And I think a lot of people give up and don't actually pursue medication because the initial like kind of merry around you have to go through is so intense. It really can be. And for my parents, that was the first thing they had seen with medication was the complications that it can have in the beginning. So for them, they were very weary when I was younger and never allowed me to go on anything. So growing up, I was always wondering, is there something that could help me? So once I got to college and was 22, I ended up getting prescribed the medication by myself and was on it for a little bit before I told my parents and was like, hey, have you noticed a change in my mood? And they had, and that was when they realized that truly it was something that I needed. And for some people, it really can be beneficial and work. I think one of the hardest things um, for people, and a lot of times parents to understand is with mental illness, it's like you can, you can, sometimes push through and you can just kind of suffer in silence and when people tell you to like snap out of it or just get over it it just all it does is it doesn't make it better it just makes you like 
feel worse about yourself because you're like, why can't I get over this? Why yeah. can't I just feel better? It really unvalidates times, your feelings. Exactly. And so I think it's also hard because you can, it's not a physical manifestation. There's nothing that like you can point to. It's not like you um, are having like a seizure or you're like in like your arm is broken. It's this thing that's wrong with your brain internally. And it's, I think, um, one of the hardest things is just people's gut reaction would be like, well, you know, why have you tried smiling or have you tried like changing your thought processes? And it's, mm. if, you do that, if you're in a place where you like your brain chemistry is so unbalanced that you're so depressed that you can't even like get up the energy to work out that I think that it, medication can even like even maybe temporarily provide like this, mm-hmm bridge to get to a place where you can maybe go off of it unfortunately a bipolar oh, you don't get to go off your medication but um <laughs> it's uh but i think that like i said i've seen a lot of my friends be able to just like use it when they're going through periods mm-hmm. of their life that they would like to get out of kind of debilitating patterns and i think that it's it doesn't have to be a permanent thing for some people but it also i think it's a really important tool to facilitate getting to like a functional healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah. i think also people expect that the medication will make them feel better instantly mm-hmm. when reality yeah, hard, is yeah, like, I know. they have there's a hard realization that it's going to take about like two months mm-hmm. yeah for you to really yeah. feel different yeah yep. that's exactly right yeah and that is that is definitely hard and for me like so i tried I went through pretty much every single SSRI on the market and I, every one I would get a random different side effect. And it's hard because like sometimes you can push through side effects and sometimes you just can't because there's one that just, I vomited everything. I was vomiting up with water. was making me so sick. And, um, it then if you can get through the side effects that it is, it takes pretty much, yeah, I would say two months for it to really do to feel anything it's really hard to kind of find the right combination and then get through all the side effects to get to the point where you feel better. Yeah. And even the side effects that come just from missing it for a day after being on it for so long can be, that can feel. I think it's really hard because a lot of times, like I know I did this when I was in my twenties, um, you take this medication and then all of a sudden you feel amazing and you're like, Oh my God, I'm cured. I don't need this <laughs> like medication me? anymore because I'm normal. I have like all these, this is what normal people feel like. I feel like balance. And then you go off your medication and then you're like crash really hard. And it's, um, I feel like everyone probably goes through that cycle a couple times before you're like, no, no, no. Oh yeah. I have to take these. And then it's also hard when you have like people around you or society being like, Oh, you don't really need that medication. Right. I think my response to that is just like, would you say that to a person? Would you say that to a child that's like about to take cough syrup for like their cold yeah. or something? Mm-hmm. Or like I kind of like try and wants to take insulin. I mean, because it's like, it really is like without my medication, I would not be functional. I've implemented really intense coping mechanisms. So, like when I'm manic and I can't sleep, I only let myself um, spend like $7 per night. Um, cause that's one of the things is like, you'll online shop cause you can't sleep and you spend all this money. And so like, did you say like, seven or seven, zero, seven, no, seven, like seven individual dollars, which is like hard to do. And, um, it's not livable exactly for a day. It's because eBay. Oh no. Like it's like, it's oh, up all night because you're like, yeah, it's like a lot of times like I'll be, you know, you're just like kind of manic shopping one of my biggest coping mechanisms when i was not on medication was i would foster animals that like depended 
um, their lives on me. So, like, I fostered bottle baby kittens because it gave me a reason to have to get out of bed every day because these lives depended on my life. See, that's what I thought when I got Fred. That's what – Yeah. When I got Fred, that's what I really thought. I thought – Okay, now I have this animal, like you said, depending on me, I have to feed him, I gotta take him out. And of course I get the laziest chicken nugget that would want to lay in bed the entire day. So he makes it, it's kind of funny because he makes it harder to get out of bed. Because I would much rather snuggle with him than... Go do things. Mm-hmm. Andrew, have you found any coping mechanisms that work for you besides medication? I think my coping mechanisms are common ones that are just like, I need to exercise a certain amount yeah. a week because I need to get out a certain level of like both emotion and aggression. Yeah. So I found not only like um, very strenuous exercise, but a more creative form of exercise like dance helps a lot because I can transfer that emotion. Um, yeah. I should draw more. But yeah, you that, should. Keep it up, boo-boo. Yeah. Um, but I find, like, drawing, designing, spending my time in anything art or creative helps me feel productive and channel, like, any anxious anxiety into a physical product. So there's, like, a sense of reward with that. I like that. Um, I really like that. That's why I like knitting. I think that's a great oh, one. I love knitting. Like, oh, my God, yeah. Knitting is the best for anxiety. Yes, you're fidgety, and you get to move your you, your hands, get to just do their thing, and then you have a yes. nice, lovely shawl or scarf or whatever. Exactly. I actually have just embraced my awkwardness, and like my now, like I'm you know 31, and I just like accepted it, and I bring knitting to like social gatherings and parties because I str- parties I struggle so hard with like with sitting still because that like for me that like makes my anxiety go wild so if i have didn't i literally i can like be a functional member of society in like large groups but without it i don't think i could i bring them to lectures when i know there's going to be useful information oh my goodness that's so funny that's for me my biggest de-stress coping mechanism is riding and going to the barn to go and see princess but One of the hardest things is that is I can do that when I am not in a complete overwhelmed, uncomfortable state because when I, the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school, that was when I attempted to kill myself, I tried to drive my car off the road. So for me, I just, I know that going into a motorized vehicle, heavy machinery is not smart for me to do in a stage like that. So I do have my little Horse Haven app where I take care of my horses at home because I am that horse girl nerd. And don't You're feel so shame cute. That's anymore. Adorable. Yeah, I don't feel You're shame adorable. anymore. You just gotta embrace it. It's how many years is it now, Ben? Five, 22. Is that 17? Yeah. That sounds about right for math. Yeah, 17 years as a horse girl, so you just it doesn't the words the words don't the words don't hurt anymore. <laughs> um, I think that actually like for me like owning and operating a farm has been really therapeutic in itself because mm-hmm. uh, there's not an option. Like I don't have the option to be depressed and not get out of bed because it's like you know life's depend on you. Mm-hmm. And um, they also give you kind of like a stability and a purpose that I really like. Yeah, that's very so, true. You should get a dog. A you cat. need a dog. I, I do want a dog or a cat. 
Oh, you should get a cat. So helpful. Andrew, you need a cat. Um, a cat, city cat. A cat. Probably cats are a little easier, yeah. Yeah, because they're much less maintenance. Yeah, and you're so active, you know, too. In lieu of getting a dog, I just became a dog walker. Oh, I love that. Oh. So I could just spend time with animals that way. You're so oh, smart. I think that's so, such a good idea. Tr- what, how do you pronounce oh. your... What, ha, crit... Oh, Chrismica! Chrismica! Was, were you guys oh. spending your Christmaca on Christmas, or do you just spend, like, Christmas we, on Christmas it, and Hanukkah? It honestly, no, it depends on whenever my sister can come, because we share her with, um, you know, her husband or wonderful husband's friend's family. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, whenever we can have everyone together, it's Christmaca. Were you guys all it's together at that time? You don't. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, Rebecca was here, but it was unfortunate, because, like, I got surgery, and I got mm-hmm. back at, like, you know, three, and was like it was a little rough it was a rough christmas but you know we persevered <laughs> amber was amazing and did stalls and manned the horse farm because really christmas shout out to amber farm. for everything she does and how amazing of her. She's the best. she is amazing yeah. and dougie can't forget dougie. And, and dougie i think it's also just really helpful like i think one of the hardest parts about mental illness is how isolated and alone you feel mm-hmm. and i think that yeah, ult- ultimately when you like open up to people most people aren't jerks like of the people that I've told about my depression and all of my things, like, I've had, like, a handful react badly and maybe just one right away be like, oh, but then every single one of them has been like, oh, you know, I thought about it and, you know, that's really great. I did this. I struggled mm-hmm. with this. My sister, my daughter, you know, someone, like, yeah. everyone knows someone that struggled with mental illness one because four. no one talks about it. Exactly. It doesn't, like, it has this weird stigma around it and it just makes you feel more and more alone and it's really, it can be, I feel like that part is so crushing, but I think something that's really fundamentally important is trying to reach out and tell like close friends about it because I think that it's really important to have someone to talk to even if they don't understand mental illness, they don't understand what you're going through, they can like kind of give you an outside perspective. Exactly, that was when I moved into the house I'm currently in, that was... I told my roommates, Jordan and Emily, all they had kind of known for the most part everything with me, but especially when I started my medication, like mentioned before, Prozac can cause you to have extreme feelings of wanting to harm yourself. So when I started the medication, I had gone to my roommates and was like, hey, I just want to let you know this is a side effect that could possibly happen if I need to reach out to you. I just want to let you know that this could come up. And they were both very understanding and were like, oh, no, totally. Like, if you need anything, we will be here for you. I think that most people are like that. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like the exception is when people are jerks about it, and then usually they'll come back and be like, oh, I'm sorry, that was insensitive. And if you can, like, stay in your feelings and explain, a lot of it is just coming out of ignorance. They just don't, they don't understand. They've never experienced it firsthand, and they don't have kind of the framework to really grasp mm-hmm. what it means to kind of be debilitated by mental illness. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, the only times I've ever experienced negative has just been because they've never encounter something of that mm-hmm. exactly like that. and it's just like the lack of knowledge rather than more of like an anger at you exactly just believe in what you're feeling yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. which is exactly I mean, why education is so important in a platform like this is so important to get everything like that out there yeah, I don't, to talk about like the way medications are advertised in the u.s kind of like a pez candy 
Mm-hmm. I know. It. I think that that's a really good idea. Yeah. It's like um, because it makes people think like, oh, I can just go to my doctor and like I feel sad sometimes, even though everyone feels sad sometimes. They might think they have yeah. depression. Sometimes I, I get anxious yeah. on planes. I think that neither of you got that reference. What? Sometimes yeah. I get anxious on planes. It's John Mulaney. Oh. Yeah, it was a joke about getting presi- prescribed Xanax. It, yeah. It was, oh, from John Mulaney. Yep. I think that something that's really important is, like, medication. I think that's something that's, like, very important about this conversation in general, too, is medication by itself is not, like, a cure-all. So, like, if I just was medicated and I wasn't in therapy, I don't think that I would be the functional person I am. Like, I don't think that it would work nearly as well. I think that cognitive behavioral therapy or different <clears throat> kinds of therapies are really need to go hand in hand with mm-hmm. medication. Oh, for yes. sure. I absolutely agree with that. I think uh, they definitely work better as a duo. I think if you had to, if there was a choice between one or the other, in my case, I feel like I'd have to say I'd have to go to therapy because I spent so yeah, much of my time in my head that I yeah. need the therapy to help pull me out. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that's more important, it is, yeah, definitely therapy. But that being said, I really, I do not, like you guys have said, I don't think I would be alive if I wasn't on my medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because going to therapy, even while depressed, sure, I'm fine, but it still was incredibly hard and incredibly arduous to like, get through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, I was in therapy for almost a full year before uh, Dr. Anderson prescribed me medication because we really wanted to figure out everything that was going on and was it because of how a lot of learning disabilities can end up causing depression. So my ADD and ADHD was adding on to that being already there and I forgot my train of thought welcome to ADD dude it's great isn't it great oh my god Andrew you should hear some of our conversations when it's at the barn and it's like oh my god you remember this and that oh wait a second oh right that yeah no that's me and that's me and Sarah the entire time and Lotta would just look back and forth to the two of us and was like I don't know how you guys completely got that conversation through because I don't understand. And then eventually she could completely um, translate it, not just I like herself, but to other people. Like, you know, every other sentence is a change of subject when you have ADD, which is tough for you know muggles to understand. Bipolar too, with like so, associations. I wonder. I don't know. That'd be interesting. So a lot of it is like my bipolar too. I feel like is usually. My most, like, I have the, the biggest cap on that. Like, that is the one that I think I have the most control over. My ADD, because Adderall, I mean, you take it every 12 hours, 6 hours, 12 hours, 6 hours, I think. Yeah, 6 hours. Well, so, do you take two a day or one a day? I take two a day. So I, I take it in the morning. Yeah, I, like, math is not my strong suit. So I take it at, like, 6 a.m. and at noon. But I would say at least 25% of the time I forget to take my afternoon dose. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like um, a squirrel chasing um, a butterfly through through a field of flowers. It's like there's no – it's rough. It is the most amazing thing at horse shows because she will be on the mic talking to you and she's like shoulders back and down. Oh, my God, do you see that Palomino in the ring over there? (laughs) 
and you're like, oh my God, there's a Palomino in the ring over there. And then you like avoid two people while you're kind of looking sideways and everyone's looking at you because they're like, why aren't you warming up for your test you're about to do when you're admiring the pretty pony over there doing training level? But it's because it's pretty. Oh, love Palominos. We should probably edit some of this stuff out because I don't know if this is helping um, medication. As you could guess, I did have to edit a bit out because the three of us could chat for hours and hours and get on tangent after tangent. But as we drew to a close of our discussion, I asked Sarah and Andrew if they had any closing thoughts they wanted to add. This might be a little bit long-winded. I love it. Go for it. I, for starters, personally believe that I need medication to function as a human being. Um, Without it, I think I would be either I would have killed myself or I would just be a slug dead, um, like dead to the world of bed every day. That being said, therapy is still a much needed part of the equation to keep my mental health stable. And so it's very much in the balance between the two. Um, There are struggles of both finding a medication, finding a combination that works for you, and then the time it takes to get there. It's a long process between finding your medication, going on that, and making sure it is the right one, the two-month period before you start to feel any different. And then if that's not the right one, switching over to the next one and knowing that it's going to be okay, you're going to find something that works for you. It's just going to take time. Um, And that even when you're on it, there are still going to be days when you feel sad and you're still going to have those symptoms of your diagnosis. There are days when I still feel incredibly depressed, but... I know it's just some days are harder than others and that I need to keep going. I think that medication is a very personal thing and should really be brought up from like internal problems rather than if you see an ad on a TV. Mm-hmm. That is a very common thing in the U.S. Um, just because you see something on the TV or see something of uh, or hear something of someone having a similar problem to you doesn't mean that you should just jump to medication as a first resort. I think it should be used kind of like in aid, um, mm-hmm. in addition to therapy, among other things for mental health. I think that your point about um, realistically, when you take medication, you're not going to be like a perfectly balanced person all the time. You're still going to have bad days is really right on. And one of the things, so when I first started taking medication, one of our close family friends was telling me that um, she really likes to think of it as just like turning the volume down because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. when you're struggling with these mental illnesses, it feels like everything is so intense all the time. And all that medication really does is it just turns the volume down on all of this kind of chaos in your brain to a functional balanced level and so you'll still have moments where you're sad you're not like a zombie it's not like in the giver where it's just shades of gray it's you know you have these you'll have good days you'll have bad days but I think one of the most important things is really for people not to be as hesitant about like talking about their mental illness and talking about being on medications because I think that the stigma surrounding mental illness is never going to go away or be absolved if people don't come forward and say you know yes I have these issues but I you know pay taxes and hold down a job and I'm like pretty much normal and a lot of it is thanks to medication and therapy it makes me you know really able to 
be a part of society. And um, I think that it is really important for people to be more open about them because it's never going to get better if we don't all kind of do our part and talk about our struggles. I 100% agree, and I think that we do need to be open about it, but I don't think that we need to, like, wear it on our sleeve and just have oh my God, yes. a list. Like, only bring it up when necessary if you think yes. someone might be experiencing a similar um, yes. thing that you are or if you feel like it's really needed for them. Yes. And also, it's very important to, like, talk to your friends and be in communication with them and keep them updated on how you're feeling. But it's also important to know that they're not therapists and they're not always going to know exactly what to do. So mm-hmm. as great as friends are and as great as family are, it's also important to seek, like, professional help when friends aren't enough or when you need a more serious case or when you're not able to, like, handle yourself and no one knows what else to do. Okay, for I just wanted to say that for anyone listening, um, be patient and you're going to get there also. It's a long process, but it's definitely worth it. Yes. I agree with that completely. I think it does. It takes, like, time and perseverance, and it's, you know what, there's always more people on your side than against you, and I think that if you are kind of willing to put in the work and have this kind of relatively looking back, like a brief period of discomfort, it, it really is worthwhile, and it makes you able to be, like, balanced and you know, kind of able to exist because sometimes I think when you have mental illness, it feels debilitating and you feel kind of suffocated by the weight of it and you don't feel like there's going to be another side or you'll ever get through it. And you do, it's all temporary. And as long as you put in the work, you can, you can do it. It's just, it, it is really, really, really hard when you're in it. When you first start, it feels like a lot of work to just like keep yourself functioning and then over time yeah. it gets easier and easier because it becomes more routine mm-hmm. it doesn't exactly. change the severity it just means you become more acclimated eventually yeah. you gotta take the cap off of that toothpaste tube and <laughs> bite the bullet yeah. and try to yeah. come out of that little shell and I think oh, it's I kind of different <laughs> bite the bullet take, bite the cap. no take the cap off the toothpaste tube and bite the bullet oh that whole thing yeah <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in today. I apologize for the delay on getting this uploaded. Starting a podcast was a tad more time consuming than I had first imagined, but I hope y'all learned something today and will tune in next time. Check out our Instagram page at just talk about mental health with periods between just and talk, talk and about, about and mental, and mental and health. Then on Facebook, our username is JTA Mental Health, or you can search for Just Talk About Mental Health. And be on the lookout for our website, which is coming soon. Remember, when they go low, we go high. No one deserves to live in silence or judgment, so join me in fighting the stigma surrounding mental health and illness by just talking about it. Thank you for listening. Bye! Thank you so much for having us. Bye. It was great to be here. Cause my baby, she's a real peach. Even when